Hey guys, welcome to the Seeds to Healing podcast. We're talking about mental health and giving tips and tricks and adding a Christian perspective. I'm Allie. I'm Iana. We're so excited that you're here listening to this week's episode. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Seeds to Healing. Hello, hello. We're so excited. I'm Ayana. I'm Allie. It's just us today, guys. Yeah, sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get today. It's just us. Just us. But I am excited about today's topic. I feel like it's um, a topic that is like a basic topic for some people especially people who are in mental health or have been in mental health for a while but I still think it's super nice to kind of break down for people in general oh yeah I think it's um it's it's fairly simple but it can also be very complex and I think that's what makes it such a um I think important but also relatable topic Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that there are misconceptions on what it is and how it operates and um yeah that's for sure that's all i got for that why are you being so sneaky with the the topic today it's all like fun um (laughs) today we are talking about um triggers um which is good it's like i don't know if every if everybody says that but you know how they say like the abcs of christianity or knowledge there's like basics that everybody should know Mm -hmm. i feel like triggers can be looped into that for mental health like oh everybody should know that but just because you think people know about it doesn't mean that they actually understand it right i feel like it's a common thing now to say like oh i'm triggered it's like okay do we know what that means yeah and definitely when people just like you said they use it so nonchalantly but what they're what they're saying is triggering them mm-hmm. a lot of the times i think people confuse uh a response like just mm-hmm. a response um from a trigger um, yeah. they are two definitely two distinct different things yeah so yeah well i guess we can we can get into it let's um, do it let's go let's so go. the word um the word the definition that i found is that Triggers are anything that reminds someone of a previous trauma. To be triggered is to have attention, an intense emotion or physical reaction, such as a panic attack, after encountering a trigger. Um, so depending on what your, what the past trauma is. So for example, if you were bitten by a dog um, and that still is very impactful in your today, maybe seeing a dog or hearing dogs bark or seeing that breed of dog could trigger you to remember that moment could cause a lot of frighten could cause you to want to run it could cause you to kind of panic and freak out because you're surrounded by this big dog that's reminding you of this traumatic event for you mm-hmm. and i think that um that's very pretty straightforward and i, I think it describes a trigger well uh mm-hmm. but i also think that's what uh gets people confused as far as you know what what is a trigger well mm-hmm. a trigger is anything that activates any like a negative response and sometimes positive and you'll get into that later eight yeah. but yeah um a negative response through like any of our senses right mm-hmm. uh, that triggers a behavioral response which typically comes out in 
a form of a, a sense, you know, seeing, feeling, um, even tasting scents can be very triggering for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are all things that you'd have to consider when saying, you know, the catchphrase, you know, I'm, I'm triggered. Um, yeah. Thinking about like, is this really a trigger? Um, and knowing that that is what a trigger is. It's a negative behavioral response most of the time mm-hmm. to a an external stimulus that either mm-hmm. symbolizes and or is very similar to a previous you know traumatic experience or stressful experience yeah i agree and i think this is something that we're that people are trying to be more cautious of uh, because we see it a lot in topics we gave one last topic just about trigger warnings mm-hmm. um, and understanding um, what trigger warnings do if you don't know is when you see a trigger warning you do want to pay attention to what it's saying it's like they're talking about sensitive topics they're talking about drug addictions or talking about whatever that looks like in case it were to trigger you to have that negative response or that intense emotion um so to make sure that you can be aware so you're not bombarded with it but you can say like okay maybe i need to skip this episode or not watch x y and z or you know whatever that looks like yeah hey can you get into that a little bit more uh like maybe use an example maybe use you know our episode last week with jj on how that could actually like play out like elaborate a little bit more for our people on yeah. what that can look like yeah so um i think before trigger warnings were really used um things would just happen either in movies or anything um that could really affect somebody um so for example um if ali and i hadn't put a trigger warning out with our last episode whether it was a whole episode or just a clip on Instagram, if we hadn't put out that warning before, um, maybe there was somebody who was struggling with uh, a substance use or uh, alcohol addiction or um, wanting to harm themselves and hearing somebody's story so intensely of what made them turn to drug and alcohol, um, what made them think that that's what they wanted to do it, like listening to the lead up can make them, could remind them of a traumatizing past right mm-hmm. so it, in JJ's story he talked about how after football he kind of felt isolated so the way he described isolation could make someone feel isolated in that moment it could take mm-hmm. them back to a time um maybe before their addiction where they felt really isolated in their emotions and their response and so their response could be to turn back to drugs or to just feel a very heavy emotion um crying um whatever that looks like like the negative physical thing could be that you go back and drink again because that's what it reminds you of Mm -hmm. um we see this a lot in like um it's interesting because we see this a lot on like murder documentaries Mm. which are becoming a very big thing now so they will put out uh you know like where especially if something happened to the victims like oh we're gonna put a disclaimer or a trigger warning that like we're talking about what happened to the victims and so if the victims were had a crime done against them before Mm -hmm. so like maybe um they were raped or sexually molested or whatever that looks like and they're going to be talking about it throughout the documentary they will put a trigger warning in the beginning so that you know hey this is going to come up some point in the documentary and if this is a trigger for you if this is going to send you into something that's going to make you I mean, the physical response could be depending on you. It could be a panic attack, like the definition said. It could cause you to self-harm, whether that's cutting, um, 
purging, like depending on what you're eating, like depending on where you're at and what you're struggling with, it can cause you to anything. It could cause a depression spike. It could cause you to isolate from others. It could cause you to feel really sad. It could cause you to feel really heavy, really dark and cloudy. Um, it all just kind of depends on where you're at and what your coping skills are or what your coping skills were during that traumatic moment. So mm -hmm. if you were a drug addict and you get triggered or something reminds you about a traumatic time and you turn to drugs in that moment, it could be that you could now currently in the future do the same thing, which is why it's so important. And the rest of the conversation that Ali and I are going to be having is important to know how to be proactive and reactive at the same time. So I think that's the um, the nuance when it comes to triggers, like the simple fact that although it's been somewhat trendy, right, in, in mental health to just become on the, um, the come up and people are knowing and finding out these things more and becoming more self-aware and being familiarized with these terms, mm -hmm. that it's important that we have the conversation to define, you know, what it looks like, but also letting them know like this is how you could experience it right mm -hmm. because um it's easy for us to use a catchphrase like oh i'm triggered or that's yeah. triggering right yeah and misuse it mm -hmm. and i can get into a whole tangent about how we misuse things in things yeah. that are related to mental health but for sure uh, i think this is definitely one of them that could be easily misused and has mm -hmm. been Mm -hmm. Um, and we want to be careful to just inform you guys and to let you guys know, like, this is the more accurate way mm -hmm. of, um, thinking about what a trigger is and to maybe even assess, or this could even be an open door for the frequent questions of like, what could be a potential trigger for you? Because mm -hmm. I think a, you mentioned it a little bit, but triggers are, and maybe this is before we started, but triggers are really subjective yeah. right? and then they're different for everybody so although by definition it's a you know a negative response to a traumatic event well that could be anything for mm -hmm. you know for a it could be a scent of mm -hmm. a cologne for you or mm -hmm. for me it could be a, a bicycle left yeah. on the side of the street like yeah it's really subjective and it's not going to look the same for everybody and i think that's the, one of the misconceptions is that they have painted a picture through media and through just trend that being triggered means like someone did something to upset you. And yeah. uh, that's normally what it, people associate triggers with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I want to be clear to make that understood that it's not always just somebody upsetting you or a negative behavior response that you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not an excuse for a negative behavior response that you have. Yeah. Either. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's great. I think that's the biggest thing is like, it could be something so small, to us but so detrimental to everybody else because of the way that that plays a part in their trauma so mm -hmm. however that plays a role to them is how it affects them and if you don't have a trauma surrounding that then it's not really going to affect you at all so just understanding and making sure that we're not using tomb teams terms su super loosely and mm -hmm. that they're um they're just being kind of floated around and also giving definition and explanation to people so that way when they are feeling those moments it is they do have the words to explain it because i mm -hmm. do think that there are people out there who do get triggered by bicycles or get triggered by cigarette smells or whatever it is and they can't say anything and people will kind of be like oh that's weird like she gets weird every time she's around this and that and it's like mm -hmm. no actually it's bringing back a traumatic 
event for her and she's being triggered and she needs a moment to kind of recollect herself because Mm -hmm. she's having a whole experience that you're not privy to because maybe she doesn't know the words to say hey actually like cigarette smoke triggers me or whatever that looks like um right mm -hmm. yeah so like you said it's definitely subjective it's gonna look different for everybody because everybody has different experiences and Mm -hmm. um not to get too scientific or nerdy with it but like our body holds trauma and so that's why the senses are so sensitive Mm -hmm. um to provoke a trigger Mm -hmm. and or uh be the reason that we become triggered is because through our senses is how we internalize traumatic events and how our body makes sense of it and so uh those things are things that you want to be aware of because your body will tell you before your mind can compute that you're being triggered by something yeah absolutely i agree so ali what are some things that we can do in the moment when we feel like we have become triggered Yeah. And I think one popular common technique that I use is grounding. Now grounding can look different for anybody, um, but it's essentially anything that kind of brings you back to the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, A very common grounding technique is using the five senses and it's Mm -hmm. um, basically using, you know, your uh, sight, hearing, um, taste, smell, I'm missing the fifth one. What's the fifth one? Touch. Mm-hmm. Touch. Um, and normally it goes in a five, four, three, two, one countdown. Um, and it's so it's like, you know, five things you can hear, you know, uh, four things you can touch, uh, three things that you can see, two things that you can um I'm missing the senses again. I always mess up on this one, but it is a common one that I use. Yes. Um, but you guys get it. Like it, it that's essentially how you could use that grounding technique. And of course, if you want us to share any of those skills with you, I could more than glad can write them down for you. I can't explain them. Yeah. <laughs> not seeing them in front of me. Um, not that great at that yet, but one day. So that's one, I think. And then then just being present with yourself, allowing having the skill to be aware of even what your triggers are, maybe sitting down and reflecting. Like sometimes you really do. I know that I personally have had to do it before where I've had to sit down with myself and say, you know what, I responded negatively to that. And that's not the first time that I've responded negatively to that. So let me think about what it really is that is bothering me here. Yeah. Right. And being able to say like, okay, let me work through that right so yeah. for I'll, I'll use disclosure you know for a moment and and give an example of a time where i've had to use like grounding where a lot of my trauma has come within relationship with people and so a common reaction that i would um have is getting really upset when i've either had to like repeat myself or i felt like my partner wasn't listening to me mm. and i would get like really angry or really passive right mm. and so i had to sit down with myself um at one point and say well why do I keep getting upset and then I found out that it was related to feeling unheard and unseen so Mm -hmm. now I know that that's a trigger for me so I have to be um, able to just sit back and ground myself and say you know what either they didn't hear me or maybe it's not something that um is that you know that is 
as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be and mm. kind of just trying to rationalize with myself. So that's another technique is trying to one, be aware of your triggers, but also doing what I call like wise mind, which is breaking apart the emotional side from the logical side and coming to a middle ground. So for me, I had to realize that my emotional response was to get angry, to get passive because I felt like I wasn't being seen, which was the logical side. And then the middle ground for me was like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that they tried to offend you. Maybe it was just that they didn't hear you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was a more wise mind response. So that's another technique. Um, There's a slew of different um, grounding techniques that somebody can use when they're feeling like a lot of the times it it shows itself in heart racing, um, more like symptoms like you would think is like anxiety, like stress related. That's typically how the body responds to a trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, So whenever you're feeling that palm sweating, um, breathing, changing, racing thoughts, that typically is probably telling you that you're you're being stimulated in some way and Mm -hmm. could be triggered. And so Mm -hmm. grounding is really huge with that. Um, Any other grounding techniques, you know, since you're coming fresh out of fresh out of school I know. <laughs> uh, maybe you could even you know clarify you know what that grounding technique was that I was trying to explain earlier but like that's the first thing that comes to mind that I would say is help helpful in, in the moment yeah no no I agree um I agree the five four three two one is one of my personal favorites I use all the time um I have noticed that some therapists um uh, switch them around depending on maybe what causes it so if smell is like something that caused it they may change it so that is also a dependent of it mm-hmm. um but then the typical way that i use it for me and that i've told other people to use it is five things that you can touch four things that you can see three things that you can smell um no three things that you can hear two things that you can smell one thing that you can taste okay thanks um, for finishing off for me eh? sure no worries <laughs> um but also depending so if your trigger is like smell then maybe trying to smell for other things while you're going at this moment isn't going to be the best mm-hmm. um so just kind of working it around what that looks like or what that is for you um i think another thing is also to know have coping skills prepared for the after being triggered so like if being triggered is the cause of the behavior or the emotion we have to have an understanding of how you're going to deal with that emotion or behavior so for example if um cigarette smoke triggers you to a past trauma and your physical response is to maybe partake in self-harm then the first option is how do we, what's your coping skill for self-harm? So is that journaling? Is that breathing? Is that um, whatever, taking a walk, talking to somebody, going through there. And then um, I was just thinking about this. I just kind of had this brain, like brain bulb um, that it's not necessarily the trigger that we are coping with, but the physical response and understanding the trigger, which is like the warning, right? So like, um, we have a trigger, it causes us to be a certain way, we have to be able to cope with that behavior. So the grounding techniques are always great. There's so many grounding ones, depending on what works for you. I know some people need, um, they have a rubber band or a hair tie on their arm, and they'll like, not hard like not all the way back but kind of pop themselves to get them back to being present um which works for them i mean there's so many grounding so like um ali and i could probably 
well, I mean, we could find a bunch of them, but there are just so many and you kind of have to try them to figure out what works best for you. But maybe journaling for five minutes about what's going on. Maybe if you feel triggered, you need to take a walk, um, call your person who's like your accountability partner or whatever that looks like um, that. And then understanding that the, the trigger is what caused you to be there so we don't cope with triggers we understand triggers so we like put a flashlight on the trigger so we know if I see this if I smell this if I taste this it's going to cause me to think about this and I know how to handle this so I I need to be aware of this if that makes sense because I think even as you were um, describing it like the trigger can make us feel and I think what you said about like panic attacks is perfect like I think so many people are like oh I'm having a panic attack and it's like okay well what triggered that panic attack like what made you feel that way what is going on um I think that's great because I think sometimes we get I think sometimes we easily get lost in the physical part we -hmm. don't think about like take a time and have a conversation conversation with yourself I've been having a panic attack every time I get around um bikes on the side of the road and every time I get around them I have a panic attack okay why am I having this panic attack okay it's so figuring out that it's the bike and then what about the bike is triggering that and sometimes that has to be done with a therapist so um if you feel like it's too much to do on your own don't do it on your own yeah um get the professional help that you need so you can do it safely um because I feel like to try and do it um on your own can be damaging if Mm -hmm. especially if it's something very big um can be very damaging so reach out Um, but i think the grounding techniques that you gave and everything is so simple that you can start with and then if you're like hey this doesn't work find a therapist find some coping skills that do work for you um, or, or other grounding techniques that do work um because it's important that we understand so that not even I think the thing is triggers don't always have to be avoided you just have to understand and be able to prepare yourself Mm -hmm. so if you get triggered by water but your friend's having a party at the ocean or you want to go to the beach how are you going to proactively work so that way when you get to the beach it's not a big deal like what conversations are you having with yourself what coping skills are you using what deep breathing exercises are you going to do who's going to go with you to remind you that it's now and not what you're thinking about back then are you prepared to do that can you do it yet is it a step you need to work towards Mm -hmm. um i think that's the big thing that just kind of depends on like what the trigger is um so we go to therapy to figure out what the trigger is and we go to therapy to figure out how to get over the trigger um, and some people will never get over the trigger, but we will have a process in order to cope with it, right? Because if cigarettes smoke triggers you, you can't always avoid that yeah. because that's other people's choices, not yours. Or especially, I like actually your example of the cologne, which is such a good one. Mm-hmm. You could be walking down the street and smell it from somebody wearing it and that could trigger you. So understanding that like, okay, I smelt this, I'm gonna, I'm going to be triggered. How do I cope with that after um because not everything can be prevented i think some things can be prevented things that are a little bit more physical like water like large bodies of water not like glasses of water but 
if pools and swimming pools kind of throw you for a loop, then how working with a therapist to get past that, working with a therapist to get not past the trauma, but through it to a place of healing, right? right. So that the, mm -hmm. the triggers don't, because I think that's what triggers do. It's like when I think about a trigger, I think about it triggering an open wound, kind of. I and, think that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. I do. I think yeah. that that's, because um, that's essentially kind of, unless you've worked with a therapist and have, or have worked with and are personally walking through a healing journey, like a mm -hmm. lot of the times we use the analogy of a scar mm -hmm. and, and a wound um, and cuts, because mm -hmm. that's essentially what trauma is and what negative life experiences are, are cuts mm -hmm. to you know, our soul and who we are as people. And the reason that things continue to hurt is because we leave our cuts open and they don't get healed. And when it's when we go through our, our journeys with our therapists and learn how to cope with these things that we learn to heal, essentially stitch up these wounds and are, you know, ha have scars left. And so being able to uh, cope with triggers is, is you being able to, um, continue to heal those those wounds that mm -hmm. you're having and and you know uh, nurse the nurse the this the stitching and, and all that stuff mm -hmm. yeah no i agree i'm gonna hop off screen real quick y'all can't see me but you'll hear me oh girl <laughs> i think um i think that's I think that's key in like explaining it simplest to those who may not know. It's just like trauma is like somebody pouring alcohol on a wound that's not scarred over or healed. And so it starts um, burning and then it brings attention back to that open wound until mm -hmm. the wounds hold uh, healed over and somebody pours alcohol on it. It doesn't hurt. It may dry it out on the top. Like we may be a little ashy in that spot, but it doesn't burn like it did if the cut was still open. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing with triggers. Um, so I think reactively, you just kind of have to be able to cope with the physical responses that come next. So the sweaty, the panic, whatever, have coping skills for that lined up, um, whatever that is for you. I mean, we can give you a bunch of them. And I always tell people, try as many as possible. There's no, and try them when you're healthy, not healthy, but in a good space. Mm -hmm. um, because you don't want to try a coping skill for the first time in a bad space by your by yourself. That's like not going to, then you're going to be like, oh, coping skills don't work. And it's like, well, do you really know <laughs> how to do it? Right, mm -hmm. right. So practice them a lot when you're feeling good. Practice your breathing techniques when you're feeling great, when you're not feeling triggered. So that way you know exactly what it's supposed to feel like. So when you are in those moments, you know how to execute it. But then get as many coping skills as possible because you never know when you're going to be in an instant where you can't pull out your journal or you don't have your phone to use your notes app. So like, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You can't, are you going to allow yourself to spiral until you can, or are you going to pull out another uh, coping skill of the five, four, three, two, one, or a breathing exercise or talk to the person next to you to kind of try and like, keep yourself centered. Like what do you have in your coping school, coping skill tool belt? Is that what they're mm -hmm. called? Tool belt? To keep mm -hmm. throwing them out in case they don't work. 
Right. And that's a, that's an analogy that I use a lot of the times is like, I am always emphasizing with my clients um, that you want to keep having tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And that what I mean by that is to continue to build on the amount of coping skills that you have. You can never have too many coping skills. Mm -hmm. So just being able to um, have them. And if you guys would like, I do have some worksheets that I do give out to my clients that I can give out to you guys as far as what grounding techniques there are. I have a couple of handouts on that, which I think are super helpful. It goes through the various different grounding techniques. And then I also have um, a trigger plan, which I'll get into right now about what that is, a trigger plan worksheet that I use with my clients um, to kind of help them walk through moments where they feel the utmost trigger, right? Mm. And so that's another thing that I think I'll quickly mention is um, something that you alluded to before, uh, which is coping before and during and after. And I always emphasize with my clients and when they know they're going to be involved in something that could be triggering is to cope forward. And so mm. what I mean by that is being able to cope before you are in a triggering um situation mm. so like you had mentioned if you know that something's going to be triggering preparing yourself to do that before and practicing when you're in a calm state so that you're able to essentially what you're getting at is you're internalizing the coping skills and so when you've internalized something it's easier to access and it just becomes an innate resource for you you just pull it out you just know it instead yeah. of having to have something on you or piece of paper or notepad is once you practice them in a calm state and you practice them when you don't need them you'll you'll be able to internalize them and it'll come to you quicker it's just how our, our minds and our bodies work um and so three important things that I want to mention with the trigger plan mm -hmm. and then we'll wrap up is so what a trigger plan looks like most of the time it's you know three common triggers for you or three really big triggers and mm -hmm. then there's the second section which is how to cope with the trigger when it's unavoidable right because mm -hmm. like she said there's going to be some triggers that you're just not going to be able to avoid like people smoking um, the uncontrollables of people's colognes or the way that people drive, whatever, things that you don't have control over, um, listing how what you can do. And a lot of the times that could be like walking away or uh, taking deep breaths or saying phrases to myself, like I'm safe, I'm present, I'm here. Today mm -hmm. is, you know, May 28th and it's 420, you know? Mm. Um, so being able to ground yourself in that way. And then the third prompt or third question would be, um, what can I do when a trigger is avoidable, right? So mm -hmm. that might look like going for a walk or saying to a friend, I'm upset. I'll talk to you in a minute. Yeah. And, or telling yourself, you know, this is just, uh, you know, a temporary feeling it will pass, whatever, yeah. whatever may be helpful, but that's how trigger plans are laid out. I go over that. I do that with my clients. Um, and it seems to be very helpful once they start implementing it and it grows, it's ever evolving. You can continue to add to it as you recognize more triggers, but I think that's just a tip, a little trick for you guys. Um, and if, again, if you need me to repeat those, or you're really interested in that or want the handout, um, I can send that to you guys on IG as well. That's epic. I love that. Yeah. Love it. I think one of the biggest things to take away from this too is that like everybody gets triggered. Our responses mm -hmm. are just different. Mm -hmm. So like to somebody, a trigger could just be that they're upset or they get more quiet. And to somebody else, a trigger could be that they have an entire flashback. Um, so it's just no, it's normal. Mm -hmm. Everybody has them. 
because everybody has gone through their own trauma in life so that causes everybody to have their own trigger um just the responses are what looks different and i guess the triggers too but yeah yeah so one thing i'll say with that is be mindful to how you interact with people mm-hmm. and be mindful to what you say to people right because even the joke of oh you're triggered is honestly not really that funny um because people can genuinely be triggering generally be hurting and Mm -hmm. just not know how to handle it and so the best response sometimes is no response and also or if you truly want to care and invest in somebody asking them hey what's up you know what's Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. is there anything that I can support you with or help you through um and and kind of trying to be that you know shoulder to lean on for people i agree i think that's great yeah. so good that is all i think that we had as far as questions go and yeah i know it was a short one um it's always it's weird sweet. going going back from something so long and then right <laughs> like oh that's it that's it <laughs> okay yeah it's just us today that's all we got <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us we hope that you learned something enjoyed it whatever the case may be for you yeah thank you for coming back we appreciate those that continue to watch and view and support us Mm -hmm. um shout out nicole for being a faithful viewer yes (laughs) um but yeah so Please keep rolling topics in. We we need topics in order to continue to do this for you guys. And we also would love questions. We'd yeah. love to just we love to just talk to people about what we yeah. know. <laughs> so, and if you yeah. want to be on, don't be scared. Message us. Let's do yep. it. Yep. Uh, message us. Come on. Let us know what you would want to talk about too. Uh, yes. Because we'd prefer you guys tell us than we tell you. Agreed. Um, but yeah. So again, until next time. Thank you for coming to the episode. Yes. Bye, friends. Bye. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. We are going to be dropping episodes every other Monday. So tune in. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. If you'd like to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Seeds2Healing. And also go ahead and jump over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Seeds2Healing, as well. Yep. Bye. Bye.